last week we talked about highly valued. Actually changed the title. It's called Highly Regarded. Guess what? We're back. Part two, highly regarded. And we talked about the Word of God being highly regarded in a person's life and how that... Uh, how great faith comes by how high uh, a person can regard the truth and how reverential a person is to the truth. Uh, and when I say the truth, I don't mean uh, the newspaper. I guess maybe they don't have newspapers anymore. But, um, you know, I mean, they have some. But, you know, what is the truth? You know? What is truth? You know, they asked that when Jesus was around. He, he plainly told them what truth was. He didn't say there are many truths. He said there is a truth. And he said, that's me. And he said, my word is truth. And he didn't say the newspaper is truth. And I'm sure he didn't say uh, the cable networks and their news programs are truth. There may be something that is true there, but what is truth? And what is true is the Word of God. And this is super important for a believer. After I gave my life to the Lord, one of the first things the Lord dealt with me about, and it was real plain, He dealt with me inside. I need to be careful what I put in and get in the Word and don't ever get out of it. So guess what? I didn't need Him to speak to me uh, every six months. Amen? When Noah went to build the ark, he didn't sit down after... Because he built that thing, it took 120 years. He didn't sit down after six months and go, you think the Lord really meant this? The Lord said, yeah, I'll just tell you again, build me an ark. And then another six months later, he's got, you know, the lumber laid out, or most of it. And, and then, then he's like, I don't know if I should still be doing this. The Lord hasn't spoken to me lately. No, the original word that came to him lasted for 120 years. This book did not go extinct. You know, isn't it interesting that, that even today, at least my experience, somewhere around certain time of year, I get a new phone book magically that appears in my driveway. Anybody get those? You get a couple of them? I mean, it's happened wherever I've lived. They follow me. I don't know if I'm the only person. Anybody else get one? One other person. Awesome. Oh, there are other people in here that still get those. They just magically appear. And you know what? So many people uh, don't realize why, why do they give one every year? Because numbers change. They want to keep you up to date. Businesses change. God doesn't need to change His word like these numbers don't work anymore. No, they still work. And, and people depend on a phone book. I mean, they'll, they'll punch in the numbers like it's true. Now, you don't have to. You just say Google or whoever. I'm not going to tell about the other lady. The one from the cult, you know that one. I think her name's Siri. Um, sorry. I said it. That's right. I'm telling you. And uh, so... But here's the thing, he said my word is truth, so whatever we can believe, it's still a fact. You, you with me? It still works. But some people think, well, does it really work today? And the answer to that is yes. And so we talked last week how the value of great faith or how great faith comes, literally comes to the person who will regard God's word high. We saw where the Lord came and tried to help some people, and He couldn't help them. He wanted them to be healed. He wanted them to be delivered. He attempted to do it, and He said, I, I can't do it. And the Scripture said He couldn't do it there. 
And then he described why the people had unbelief that hindered him. It's because they did not regard what the Lord said and regard him and regard his ways and put big time value on what he said. Then we read another set of scriptures how somebody else who came who wasn't even a covenant person didn't have promises like all the rest of the children of Israel did, had a covenant. He, he was actually like an outsider. It didn't truly belong to him. But it said he highly regarded the Lord and highly regarded what the Lord said. And so the Lord was able to just speak to him, tell him something, and it happened. And sometimes people are attempting to get miracles on different terms. But we can see through the scripture if we will become a student of the Bible and really look at what the Bible said, the answer is there. You know, I was, I was actually talking to Dennis this morning about frustration and how it makes people go, uh. You know, you can get frustrated about your, uh, what you need in life, you can get so frustrated and start reading the Bible and go, it's just not in here, Lord. What's the problem? Because you can get so worked up and you're really not looking at the Scripture to really see what it says. You ever read something and got done and thought, what did I just read? Anybody ever done that? I think most people have. I've done it before and went, what was I thinking about? And went back and read the thing again. Then by the time I got done, I went, I did the same thing. <laughs> Go back and slow down, get focused. But see, if I'm looking at everything else and not thinking about everything else, what am I doing? Is my focus on the Lord or am I thinking about other things? And I've had to just put things aside and slow down. And it's amazing actually what's there when you pay attention and put a lot of value on it and realize I am not reading just something from man. I'm reading something from God. Let me say that again. I'm not reading something from man. I'm not reading something from men. I'm reading something from God. Well, if it truly is something from God, don't you think that it would behoove me to uh, listen to it in, in a manner that's worthy of hearing from God? Let me try that again. Don't you think it would be beneficial to me that when I would read the Bible, that I would read it like it's coming from God? Oh, yeah, 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 I get that. No, no. How valuable is something from God? I mean, really, how valuable is something from God? If God said something and tried to convey something to you in the Word of God or me or to the world, then to Him, that's big time value. Huge. And if I don't approach it that way, or don't approach it at all, then do I really value what he's saying? Now, I'm not trying to condemn or convict. I'm just saying, if it is real valuable, and it's more valuable than rubies and diamonds, you know, and gold and a treasure and everything you could find in life, it's more to be desired. Are you with me? If it is to be that, because those are statements out of the Word, then you think about it. Then should I not read it like it's Him talking? Sh shouldn't I? I agree, so I will. First Thessalonians, the second chapter. And this is one of those simple things and simple thoughts that would serve anybody well if they would look at some of these things and, and look at the Word of God like it's more important than money. 
It's more important than food. It's more important than the air you breathe. Because I'll tell you what, if a nuclear bomb went off and everybody's oxygen was stolen from them that made them be able to breathe, you would be in business because when you breathed your last breath because you accepted what he said and believed in him, you'd go straight to heaven. So it's more important than the breath you breathe. Amen. First Thessalonians. And it's interesting how there are gems like this hidden in the Bible that if we would look at them, they could help us immensely. First Thessalonians 2.13. It says, For this reason... For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. So here's a preacher who has been here, started a church, writing a letter, and he on his own would praise God for these people. He spent time praying for them, but he spent time saying, Thank you, God, for these people. Thank you, Lord, for these people. Thank you, Lord, for these people. But he didn't just thank him for the people. He thanked them for a condition that was in the people. He said, because when you received the word of God, you could say, when you accepted what you heard, he said, the word of God which you heard from us. So isn't it interesting that a person could hear words from God through a human being out of a book? Not a bunch of books, but the book they could hear God's word. Isn't that interesting that God's word can be transferred to people through hearing out of the Bible? That's huge. That's big time. Then, then how should we act when we're hearing the word? Well, you're not hearing. You may make fun of me, but really, you need to realize I'm a mediator. I am called to share the truth, and what I'm saying, if it is the word, it is God's Word. And it says, it's His Word in truth. He said this, you welcomed it. You heard it from us. You welcomed it. You welcomed it. You know, that's a huge thing. That means somebody could hear the Word and not welcome it. You ever had somebody come to your house and go, great, don't answer the door? It's not somebody else from the church in this scenario. But somebody's knocking and you're like, you know, when we were little, we knew the drill. Be quiet. <laughs> There'd be a salesperson, be quiet. Say, oh, I hear them. Uh, uh. You know, we don't have the salesman as much now. You just say something and your phone gives you an advertisement, right? You just talk to somebody and they show up on your phone. Back then, they showed up on your porch and everybody, be quiet. Shh. You know, they're, they're back. And, and you, you sat there like it was an enemy army and that, that they might break in or something. But when they welcomed it, when they heard it, they welcomed it. When we hear the word, do we welcome it? What, what is our attitude? And I can't judge yours or mine. But I know this, that we read last week, that the person who had unbelief, it was actually not one, they had an inward attitude and they, they started complaining inward about the Lord and his words he was speaking and it hindered their faith from receiving. And we talked about 
you know, back, back in the day, how we were commanded to watch your attitude. That's something you control. That's something I control. And here's the thing. If I control my attitude, then that means I control how the Word of God gets into me or does not get into me. Because they heard the Word, and here it says they welcomed it. All right, come on in. Welcome. No, it implies, oh, come on in. A, a, a right attitude. They welcomed it. And how did they welcome it? Not as the word of man. Not as the word of somebody else. Haven't you ever had to weed through the words of people? Nobody ever has had to. I'm with you. I'm right behind you. Why do I have a pain in my back? Oh, I'm getting stabbed. Okay, I'm not going to allow you to be behind me. You get what I'm saying? We have to roll through words and judge, you know, I wanted to be your friend and, and you turned on me. I'll never do that again. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. And they do it again. Don't welcome those words. We have to weed through words all the time. You know, we all maybe have a friend we like and they just are unreliable because their words are junk. You know, I'll be there. They're not there. You like them, but you can't rely on their word. Notice, we or you welcomed it not as the word of man. So God's word is totally different than the word of men. But as it is in truth, the word of God. What is he saying right now? He said, men's words are going to be at a different level. Even the best of the best only go so far. It's the truth. Because there's only so much ability behind the best of the best in the earth. I'll be there, they're there. But you know, the issue today is I need more than to have my couch moved. And you're always here to help me move my couch, my furniture. You're totally dependable. But today, I need something beyond what you can give me. You've always given me money if I ever needed it. You know, a hundred here or whatever, or a loan. You've always been there. The best of the best, they've been there. I was down, you gave me food. The best of the best can only go so far. Then there's God. Nobody could deliver me when I needed deliverance. And I found that people that were friends of mine who were going through the same things, went to like drug rehabilitation centers, not knocking them at all. But I saw friends uh, be able to manage what they, their situation, but they were still empty and still miserable because people can only take you so far. And here's the thing. It's not just people taking you there, and it's not just God taking you there. Because that's one of the faulty areas where we think, just do this God. And there is an element where we want God to do things, but there's an element in here that tells us how it can happen and how it can be guaranteed or not guaranteed. He said, you received or welcomed the word of God. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. It is the truth that it is the word of God. Is God a liar? No. No. So if somehow I haven't got what I want to get out of the word, then it's not on God. You know, we started service like three minutes late this morning. Had internet issues. Really, it was something super simplistic. 
But what am I getting at? Sometimes we think, well, it's got to be some problem here, some problem there, and something else out here. But the problem is never with God. And you know, a lot of people turn to God, which is good, and to turn to His Word, which is good, but some people turn to God and go, this is your fault. Exactly. They turn to God and they go, this is your fault. And if you would really read and I would really read and the world would really read in the Bible what things look like when Jesus sent people out, He told them, I give you authority. He told them this, not just the twelve, not just the 70, and not just others, because there were others that he sent out. He said, go preach to the world and go heal the sick. And isn't it interesting that he said, go out and preach on the same note he said, go out and heal. He didn't emphasize one over the other. He didn't say one's harder than the other. He just said, go do it. And it said they went out and they healed the sick. It didn't say God healed them. And it didn't say God preached. Go read Matthew. Go read Mark. Go read Luke. Go read and you'll see God didn't heal them, so to speak. God was back of it. But he often told them, you go do it in my name, just like you would go preach in my name. But sometimes we don't hear exactly what he says, and we go, okay, I'm going to go out and pray that God will do it. And he said, you go do it. Me? I've never heard anything like that before. Well, it doesn't matter if we've heard it or not, we need to accept it like it's the word of God. The reason why we accept the fact readily to go preach the word is because we've been told that time and again. From the first day we get saved, go share with your friends. Go preach the word of God. We, but we don't hear, you go heal the sick. With what? I do have a bottle of aspirin. I was sent to preach, and here's an aspirin. Okay, you need two. All right, here's two aspirin. Well, I can only give you so many. I've only got so many. Then you run out. What am I going to do? It's interesting, though, and, and here's the thing. All of us heard what I just said different. And not that we heard it different, we all accept it differently. Are you with me? We all accept it differently. And when we accept it differently, it's because how we esteem what God said. If he said, go do it, and you go, I can't do that. We can't do that. Or I know somebody who got sick and didn't, didn't get it. Well, the first place it can work is for you. The next place it works, and we said this last week, if you learn these principles, it will make you be effective to other people. Because we know this, you can't force things on other people. You can have all the faith in the world, and you can't change other people. Because if anybody had great faith, it was Jesus. And we've read time and again where he didn't heal everybody. There were times he did, and times he didn't. But he explained it was based on how they were accepting of the truth. And there are some people who will just argue against the truth and then want a miracle. I remember a friend of mine called me from a drug rehabilitation center. And he said, how did you get free? And I remember telling him, well, I, all I did was I had heard about the Lord. I called on him and received him. And he said, what else did you do? Well, I acted on it. Well, what else did you do? I don't know if he was thinking, 
I'll do the other. But I ain't doing that. Well, I had to receive the word. He had to receive the word. You can't go no to the word and expect to get God to do something in your life. God wants to do things and have things. But if you look at this, he said, I'm so thankful and I thank God that when you heard from us the word, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Man, the word of God. This is not like the word of man. How often do people hear things from people and they think, great, I'm in trouble. Uh, we're going to have to lay you off. That's the word of man. We're going to give you a raise. That's the word of man. How many people get bummed out on one and rejoice over the other? What if we believe the word of God? So, well, praise the Lord. God said he'll supply all my needs. I'm getting another job. I'm getting another job. Are you with me? Well, thank you for the raise. Don't say this to your boss. I expected that. I've been sowing. God told me I'd be reaping. Don't tell them that. The first thing you do when you get a raise is don't go, good job, slowpoke. <laughs> been, hi been hindering, been slowing it down, but thank God the truth prevailed. It's not the approach. You get what I'm saying? How w These are the words of men. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not good. And if they're not good for a long time, there's lots of words that are good from God that supersede those words. Notice this last part, which effectively or works in you who believe. Remember we said this last week, the attitude in which you accept the word of God is really your faith and how you have faith and how you are confident in the Lord. And isn't it interesting that is the same thing here, the way that they accepted it, he said, it works in you effectively because you believe. But how I accept something is what I believe. In other words, if bad news comes, worry thoughts, and I go, oh no, it's going to happen. That's my attitude toward those words. Really, I'm believing in it. I'm going to get into worry. So I need to deal with that worry. And, and the only way to compensate is get something greater, a word greater from God. Where do you find those? Right in the book. Right in the book. There's a lot of men. And, and here's the thing, you know, sometimes ladies get upset, you know. Well, how come it just says man? Well, thank God here it doesn't say woman. You didn't receive it like you received the word of a woman. Now he's talking bad about women. No, when he says man, he means mankind. But you know what? Some of mankind is made up of women. And men. And both of them are prone to say things that are not always of the highest standard and that are not always of the highest thing. And we need to recognize there is one. And notice he said, you didn't receive these words from mankind. And you received them from mankind, but you didn't receive them like they were words from mankind but you received them implying that there should be a distinction if we really believe it's God's word. If I really believe it's God's word, if I really believe it's God's word, 
and really see the value in the word, I think that alone, whether I have a desire or not, is going to drive me to start looking in the book. How many people start going, how do I deal with my finances? How do I uh, do investments? They'll start studying. Oh, great, I've got a relationship I'm going to get into, or I'm in one and I need help. I'm going to start studying. And they put value on the things that they're hearing. But think about the ultimate value of anything you can hear comes from the Bible. Turn to John 17. John 17. And we talked about highly regarded or highly regarding the word. And if we highly regard the word, it's easier to get faith. People who struggle with getting faith struggle because of how they regard the word based on how they regard other things. How they feel today. Yesterday I was, woo, man, I was sensing the eternal life of God. Woo. Today, not so much. What's wrong? What if you accepted the word of God and he said, it's still in you. Well, I don't feel it. Then you're regarding feelings above what he said. And I don't know about you. I love experiencing the presence of God. But above experiencing the presence of God, which is readily available for believers, we have to regard the word. Because it will help maintain the peace and all the other things that come from God and from his word and so he said you received it not as the words of men but as it is in truth the words the word of God you want to get stable in your life pray more no we've heard that you want to get stable in your life get the word in your heart and accept it you want to get free and stay free? Get the Word of God in you. And act on it. How often do we look for other things than the thing? When the earth passes away, the ground we stand on, they're standing on, he said, my Word will never pass away. John 17, verse 17, if you're looking to get a tattoo, I mean, if you brand this on your heart, sanctify, literally set them apart by your truth. That really will set, set sanctify means set apart to holy. Take out of one thing. So it could be to deliver a person from drugs. It could be to deliver somebody from being lazy. It could be to deliver somebody from depression. To separate them from that depression. It could be to deliver somebody from sickness. Satanic bondage. You know, there are people that get harassed by stuff. You know, there's some things about my testimony I don't tell. Because it's not as pretty as when I received the Lord in September 10th, 1985 and never, ever uh, went back to doing drugs. Got delivered from alcohol and all these things and cussing. That's a great part of it. But I remember driving down the street after and uh, seeing a girl and lust just like holding my head. And I was like, oh, and I hated it. And, and it was like, binding me I had watched uh, you know in pornography paper magazines back then they'd lay around and that stuff gets in your head and after I got saved I got free I was loving people and I hated the fact that I was in bondage I could tell it was darkness I could tell it was wicked 
like something was on, a band was around my mind because I had just given myself to that stuff for years and I got delivered from drugs and alcohol and I didn't give in to all that stuff, but it was just there. Man, some of the stuff that happened was just, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Except for that. And I'm thinking, and it wasn't like I was still looking at that stuff. I remember another guy at years later telling me, after, I, after he got saved, and it's years later, and he's got a nasty temper. And he saw everything disappeared in my life but this. And he said, I wish God would have taken this too. I thought to myself, I've been there with anger, but with other things like that. And, you know, there's another way. And God sometimes, you know, even though he's paid for it, you've got to cooperate with him. And I did. And, and I wouldn't stare at every girl and think bad thoughts. When they came, I'd turn my attention away. But you know where I found my freedom? I did a 40-day fast. Nope. I prayed all the time. I was praying all the time. But it didn't come that way. I, you know, yeah, I would have had everybody pray for me. But like one guy said, he could, they, he could lay hands on you till he wore every hair off your head, and nothing's going to change in some cases. Because some things are only going to change and stay changed when you get the Word of God in you. And so I started having to think different about it. And had to start feeding on the Word of God. And you know, I became free. Last week. No. I, be, I still remember years ago when I got free. Because it did seem like there was some cloudy. Uh, that just seemed to lose its power. Kind of like when Lindsay was sharing her testimony. I don't know how or when it happened. But you know, after standing for a year... And I remember it probably was over a year. Somebody went, oh, great. Yeah, but it's good to be free. I mean, you never ever heard where it had a stronghold? Some people say, oh, well, you need this or that. No, what you need is the word. And you can get free from anything. I mean, I've met people who lie after they get saved. They just lie, chronically lie. And they're like, I don't like this. But they get free if they'll get in the Word. Are you with me? Notice this. John 17, 17. Sanctify or separate them. Get them apart from these things. Means to be set aside to something holy. Sickness is not holy. Bondage is not holy. He said separate them. From these things by your truth. And then verse 17 he said. Your word is truth. You know it's interesting in Proverbs. He said give attention to my word. Because my word is medicine to all your flesh. Isn't it interesting when people take medicine. They are patient to let the medicine do the work. He said, give attention to the Word, and the Word will act like medicine. But you know, there's some people who don't accept medicine. They don't. They'll go, oh, yeah, I'll read that, but they're like, no, no, no. They're arguing with it. Esteem it. Realize it's working when you don't see it. Believe that when the seed has gone in, it's starting to grow. Declare, it's growing in me. It's working in me right now. I know some of the first healings I got were that way. Where I had been prayed for for certain things and got healed like that. Boom! I was like, woo! And I'm all for that. But I remember one area where I got a really bad situation going on. I'm telling this person, you pray for me, just pray. And I'm telling them, pray all the time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's what I knew. Pray, and I'm praying, I'm praying. I remember the Lord speaking to me, and it was a truth that lined up to the Word. And He just said, quit looking at 
that? Because I just keep looking and keep looking. And I realized he meant don't look at your problem. Believe the word and look to it. And I remember nothing changed immediately by sight. And I would tell people, the Lord healed me of this. And they'd go, let me see. And, and I'd be like, well, you know, I didn't tell them anything. I just would say, yeah, and the Lord healed me. And, you know, the symptoms were still there. And then after a short period of time, they started to disappear. They should have never disappeared naturally. Never. Never. And so I told people, I got healed. I'm healed. And the symptoms were still there. But I believe the word. And I remember nobody told me to say something before I saw it. But the Lord did. And I remember thinking, I still remember driving down the street. And remember where I was, I said, Lord, am I a liar? And you know what the Lord said? Nothing. So I just stuck with it. Notice sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. Well, since we didn't get where we needed to get, I'm just going to read one more verse and we'll be done. Romans. The word is truth. The word is truth. Not everything you see and experience is truth. But what God says is truth. And the way God talks to you, you're going to have to get used to. And God doesn't talk to us like, like we're used to maybe being talked to. I've been in the middle of stuff and God just talks to me about other stuff. Like he doesn't even know that's going on. Anybody ever been there? I'm just going, and the Lord deals with me, and I'm like, man, I'm in this thing, and he talks to me about this over here. And it's got nothing to do with that. And I'm thinking, yeah, but Lord, I'm in the middle of this. And I recognize that often he's just wanting me to act on the word, and he's not all caught up with it, and he, he's not all caught up with it. Maybe I shouldn't be all caught up with it. Similar to when I was walking down the hallway that day, and he said, quit looking at your body. I thought to myself, I've been visiting, you know, <laughs> the bathroom to look at my body. He said, quit looking at your body. And when you have pain and when you have stuff going on, it's real easy to look at your body. But his word is true and his word is different. And in my relationship with God, it's been real interesting sometimes what God will talk to me about and what he doesn't talk to me about. Romans 4, 13, we're going to close with these verses. If his word is true, what does it look like to you and to me? What does his word look like? Romans 4, 13, for the promise that he, Abraham, would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed or his descendants, through the law or through good works, by keeping a bunch of rules, but through the righteousness or the good standing that comes from faith or by hearing. It wasn't through works. It was through him hearing and accepting. Verse 14, For if those who are of the law or of good works... Now understand this, we should do good works. But good works are not how you get miracles. Notice verse 14, For if those who are of the law are heirs, 
faith is made void. In other words, you don't need faith. You don't need to hear. You can just keep a bunch of rules. This works two ways. Lord, you know I'm better than everybody else. You need to do this for me. Oh, great. God won't. I'm bad. I'm not good enough. No. People who maybe aren't good enough should start living better. But sometimes you could live better just by learning to get the truth into you. And he said... For if those who are of the law are good works, are heirs, faith, or hearing the truth, is made void. In other words, there's no reason for hearing the truth. There's no reason for people to preach. There's no reason for Jesus to come and do things if people just can work good enough and hard enough to get it. And he said, and if, the, and if faith is made void... And the promise then is made of no effect. There's no reason for a promise. No reason for God to tell us anything. Everybody okay? We're going to close right here. Verse 17. This is how God talks to us. This is what we need to look for when we read the Bible. As it is written... So remember, the way you receive is by a promise or a truth. And here he said, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. So this was the promise God gave to Abraham so he could have kids. Now somebody said, well, I don't need kids. This is not just about kids. It's about anything you need. He said, if you can hear God say it in his word that it's so, it's so. But look at this. In the present, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, God, who he believed. That meant he had a good attitude toward what God, an accepting attitude whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. God does this and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Here's the thing. When God talks to you and when God talks to me and we're going to close, here's the way he talks to you. He'll say, you're healed already. He'll say, you're delivered already. I've already paid for that. I've already paid for your salvation. He calls things that do not exist as though they did. It didn't say he denied things that are there. As a matter of fact, you read other verses in different translations, it'll tell you Abraham fully examined his own dead body. He realized it's not working. He did. But it said he accepted what God said. And what God said was, I'm not going to heal you someday, Abraham, and make you better someday. He said, I have made you whole. Then Abraham, after that, had to believe he was whole before he saw he was whole. And he had to believe that he had it before he saw it. Whether it was a week or a month or a day, it said Abraham was not moved by how he felt. And when he would examine himself, if he believed how he felt, he would have had to say, I'm not what the Lord said I am. But if the word is truth, and we accept it as the word, as it is in truth, then I say I am what he said I am. How often did God meet people and say things to them that he called things that did not exist as though they were? He wanted to take and destroy an enemy that is destroying the children of Israel. He picks this guy Gideon, obviously the best in the land with a sword, obviously a tough hombre, 
And God, so then God says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And he said, who, me? He was timid as a worm. You ever gone fishing, try and take a worm out of one of those containers? They want to get back in. I don't, I don't want to go out there. He was timid. And he called him, you mighty man of valor. I mean, it reminds me of a Three Stooges episode. Gentlemen, and they're all looking around trying to see who, who are you talking about? Because they're thinking, this cannot be me. And that's how he was. And God said, you mighty man of valor. And then God kept saying stuff. Acting, God was acting like he was a mighty man. Gideon's got thousands of people there. He's like, this is going to be good. And God's like, there's too many. So he's all, do this test, and then we're going to get rid of some. So then God kept getting rid of the bigger chunk. And Gideon's thinking, okay, we'll get rid of the small chunk. And I mean, God's just narrowing people down, and we're going to go get the, yeah, mighty man, we're going to do this. He called him that before he ever experienced it. And it didn't get better from his own standpoint right away. But it did get better. Peter, Mr. Steady. No, everybody knows when you hear the word Judas or Thomas, you know what Thomas is. We still call him. Oh, don't be a doubting Thomas. That's because Thomas doubted. The Lord said, let's go back to that city. He tries to poison all the disciples. Yeah, let us all go back and die with him. A lot of faith here, Thomas. Mr. Confident. So Peter's the one who the Lord calls him, and this dude's wishy-washy. Matter of fact, like shifting sand. So the Lord changes his name and said, Peter, which means Petros or a rock. Obviously, once the Lord called him that, everything changed instantly. Uh, no. 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 But he did get better. Abraham was the same way. God changed his name and called him father of a multitude, and he couldn't even have kids with Sarah. And he didn't see the change, but he changed his name. So even though God called it that way, you know what Abraham did? He did the same thing God did. He started calling himself what God called him before he saw it. He said, I'm a father of a multitude. I'm a father of a multitude. You know at any time he could have said, this is not working. But you know why he didn't? He didn't consider what he saw. He only considered God's word. He valued his word. 